We are officially underway after the busiest weekend of the fall season so far. This is UNW Athletics flying with DP and Ryan. I'm bringing us in today. Usually it's Ryan. Ryan, thank you for letting me do that. Absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> Which actually, let's make it clear. I did not like beg you to do that. I got coerced into doing I it. I have been telling you for the last uh, three, four times you should like do it. I feel like we have our roles. You're the opener, and sure. then I come in later. I'm middle relief but we um, got to keep people guessing and similar to the twins bullpen i come in and blow the lead <laughs> usually i'm i'm not watching a twins game as we do this right now and the twins did just blow a, a middle inning lead just like that so here we go we're off and running ryan we just finished this weekend how are you doing did you i'm surprised you want to do the podcast did you not need vocal rest did you not need to sit down and just not talk for a few days. You announced a lot of contests this last weekend, Northwestern Athletics related. If you wanted to do this podcast like Saturday night at 11 p.m., then maybe that would have been bad. You and I may have, said, you, no, you may have said no. You may have said no. You would have said that. yes. You're a diehard. You still would have said yes. So we're not buying that. But we're back, Ryan. What's our official count? I mean, we had two cross-country meets a women's soccer game, a men's soccer game, three volleyball games, a bunch of volleyball games on our campus that we didn't participate in but yep. we hosted, yep. and then a football game under the lights that was, in no uncertain terms, epic. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. That was one week. I don't know how many so, that is, but it's So we're, we're bringing <laughs> – you're supposed to be counting along <laughs> as I read those. We are back, and we are excited to do this episode because we're just going to talk about – Everything that happened, a recap, yeah. and really our first true recap. We've done some preview stuff, but we really haven't had a lot of games and contests to recap. We've recapped some golf meets, and ironically, they're the one team that did not participate this weekend. But we're excited. Everyone else did, and this is our first time to really recap a whole bunch of Northwestern Athletics games, which I don't want to speak for you, Ryan, but that has me psyched. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's it's time to get controversial with these takes, I guess, Whoa, and kind of make some grand statements. Controversial? So. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that now? I, I'm not trying to get canceled. This is only our seventh episode here. Don't want to get shut down. But we can just start right off. So let's just take it day by day, Ryan, because this weekend started early and it kept going for a long time. And it looks like it started right when the calendar turned, Ryan, right on September 1st. Yeah, an early start to the weekend, if you will. So many things going on on Thursday the 1st. And let's just start with literally what's at the top as far as we're literally looking at the Northwestern Eagles website. So men's and women's soccer were both facing off against the friendly foe down the road. That is the Bethel University Royals in Arden Hills. And unfortunately for our Eagles squads, David, Two losses at 4-1. to one. But the story is is much deeper than that. Yeah, for sure. And the first thing I will say that stuck out to me about those games was I'm glad that I coach basketball inside a nice, cool gym. I went out to watch a little bit of those soccer games down the road at Bethel. It was hot. Yeah. It was really, really humid warm that outside. Day. Yep. And, yeah, humid. The sun was shining. That field at Bethel, although it's a nice field, has no shade. I mean, there's, it's, there's, it's not the Reynolds Field turf. No, it's not the <laughs> Reynolds Field turf, although I'm a little bit glad they weren't on turf that day because turf, even though it's awesome, does add about 10, sure. 12 degrees. So they were on grass. It was a little bit cooler there. But there's no shade on that field. I think the teams at halftime were going into the softball dugouts just trying to get a little bit of shade. So it was warm, and the season started. And, Ryan, 
talking about the both teams, we were talking about how both teams lost all conference level goalies last year. And it was interesting to see kind of how each team handled that, Ryan. We talked about that storyline. They each needed to pick somebody to stand in between the pipes, and they both did. So it was fun to watch that um, unfold starting on Thursday. Yeah, that's the storyline that we're definitely going to keep an eye on throughout the whole fall. And even though it was a 4-1 to result, I'm going to start on the women's side of things because, well, they played first in that action on Thursday. Yeah, they lost 4-1, to but, you know, Reagan Flashberger, junior for Northwestern, the new person in between the post for Coach Puttett's squad, squad, I think did a pretty good job, okay? She did. Bethel had a whopping 21 shots. 12 of them were on goal. The Eagles had 15, 9 of them on goal. So, yeah, they lost by three, but you're right there in the shots department. Obviously, sure. you wish you would have been tight down the stretch and had an opportunity to win that ball game, but Bethel's a really, really quality club, and Northwestern held their own, even though it was a three-goal deficit. And that's going to be a theme. I don't want to skip ahead days here, but as we talk about Coach Pettit's women's soccer team, they've played two really good teams so far, and that's kind of been the the story for both of them. You know, they've lost to two really good teams, but the shots and the stats indicate that it was a very close, hard-fought, even game. So yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get closer. And then it was fun to see scoring for Northwestern, Haley Merceberger. Anytime you're a freshman and you score in your first-ever game, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and I will say, you don't know this, but more on her later. It's going to come up later at the end of this episode. Her name will come up once more. Are you so, saying you as in I don't know this, or you, you as our listeners don't my know My apologies. This? Our listeners don't know, and you, David, do not know either, as I've prepared a little something for the well, end of really this episode. I don't really like that. I kind of like being in the loop on our podcast. Well, it, it, won't, it won't catch you too much we'll off, just bring in surprises. Yeah, in but hey, great start for her, and I'm just going to leave it here for now. I've heard from multiple people, expect big things. For sure, for and, her this season. and I've heard that too. And you can tell that goal she scored against Bethel was nice. She got in between, excuse me, in behind the defense, kind of a one-on-one. And the goalie actually did get a hand on it, but she hit it with enough force that she got it to bounce into the net for her first career goal and the first goal of the season for Northwestern. And the women are doing a little bit different. You know, you watch them, I and I'm not a soccer expert, and I don't think you would classify yourself as nope. a soccer expert either. No. Nope. But we both watched a lot of Northwestern women's soccer last year. We've both watched some games this year, um, their first couple contests of the season. And you can tell, Ryan, they're doing things a little bit different offensively. You know, Megan Moeller, she's an offensive star. She's going to get a lot of shots. Sure. But the way the offense is set up now, Haley Mersberger is getting a lot of opportunities. Megan Court had a lot of shots in their game against Platteville that we'll talk about later. Maya Chan had yeah. a lot of shots in that she, game against Platteville. She, she's moving positions. She was so yep. good on the back line defender last season. Now she's a midfielder. Yep. Big so, change for her. So you can see the way this offense is set up, Ryan. And, again, we're not soccer experts. I'm not going to start saying, like, oh, they went to the <laughs> – you know, <laughs> six three straight. I, I don't even know if that makes sense. So we're not going to start breaking down X's and O's that way. But to the untrained eye, Ryan, you can tell that there's a little bit different of a way they're doing things offensively, and it appears as if that's creating more opportunities for a variety of players. Yes, I would. I would totally agree with that, David. And it's so exciting to see so many new faces, but those returners, like you mentioned as well, Megan Court, Megan Moeller, uh who I was just mentioning, Maya Chan, so you mix in that experience coming back with the newcomers as well. So moving over to the men's side of things, also the same result, 4-1 to one against Bethel, but they jumped in front, David, and it was a familiar face to do so. The Eagles get a penalty kick. Who do we see? 
take that so many times last year. Yeah, Alejandro Alfaro, and he did it again, and he buried it. He is a really, really nice player. I, yeah. I really like him. The fact that he's a sophomore does blow my mind a little bit because even, you know, again, we're going to get – I kind of skip ahead sometimes, but even as we talk about the game they played – um, later in the weekend, um, Labor Day against Warburg, he just looks very calm, cool, collected. Yep, composed. Um, yep. Yeah, he, he's very under control is a good way of how I describe how he plays. So he's fun to watch, and, and he buried a goal right away. That Bethel game started really interesting. Northwestern appears you know, on the men's side that they're going to have a very strong defensive team. Um, they, you know, They make it hard to get a lot of shots, and – that opening half against Bethel, the first 27 minutes of that game were scoreless. It was 0-0. Then Northwestern breaks through. They don't give up a goal to Bethel, who's a really solid club, until the 37th minute. Yeah. So uh, that's impressive. And in the first half, the shots were super even. Bethel had six. Northwestern had five. Yeah. So in the second half, Bethel definitely came out and played really, really well. I mean, there's no getting around that. Bethel had a super good second half. But Northwestern took that game – into halftime and it was tied one to one. The shots were about even, and it was really impressive the way Northwestern played defensively, especially in that first half. Absolutely, and we can you know maybe just touch some more on the Warburg matchup right now since you brought it up for what happened later on in the weekend, that being Monday night Labor Day evening. Then it was. So a, are we? We're getting out of our days system. Well, we, we can wait. We can wait. Let's well, wait. no, it's okay. I just want to again. I just want to be in the loop. Sure. Are, let's are we let's going? wait. Let's wait because we waited on the women's one, so you're okay. correct. There but, we go. But there's some themes that I want to talk about that have to do with both games. But I'll just say, similar to the women's squad, lots and it feels like there's even more new guys thrust into big roles like immediately yep. for Coach Wheaton's club versus what we have on the women's side. But there's some experience back as well. And you mentioned the goaltender. We're seeing a new person in between. The post for the women's squad, it's the same thing for the men's squad. Yeah, and, and the men, again, <laughs> I give you a hard time about skipping ahead to the Warburg yep. game, but I'm doing a little bit of the same thing. The women kind of have, have played one goalie so far. The men have tried out a couple so far. Yep. So it, it's been interesting to see how both teams have done that. And I feel like all three goalies we've seen, men and women combined, one for the women, two for the men, I feel like all three have played really well for sure. against some really, really good teams. I can't stress this enough, and I'm not just saying this like, oh, Northwestern super fans, saying how the schedules for these soccer teams are insane to start. Yep. I mean, insane. And and we've seen it. We saw you know against Bethel, I mean, those teams were really good. And then at home, we saw two Super good teams come to Reynolds Field in UW Platteville on Saturday, and then especially Warburg on Monday. I mean, just really, really high quality teams. And I'll tell you right now, those schedules aren't getting any easier yeah. either. And it's by design. And Coach Wheaton For and sure. Coach Pettit know exactly what they're getting into. And, you know, I'll say it again, David, you want to win a non conference. And we've talked about it earlier in past episodes. It matters for your overall record for the NCCAA. But double ultimately, C. double C. That's how I say. And double C, double A. My yeah. apologies. It's just it's it's snappy. It sounds. You cool. you want to win. You always want to <laughs> win. When you lace them up, don't get me wrong. But a lot of this is figuring out all your new pieces and getting ready for conference play. And we're going to talk about that more and more as we carry on in these coming weeks. So more on soccer in a little bit. So if you're listening to this, saying the only reason I press press play <laughs> on this podcast was to listen to them talk about Eagles soccer. We'll get back to it. You just got to wait. And we're okay? not going to tell you the timestamp that uh, no. we get back to it because we, we want don't you know. to keep listening. Well, and we don't we, know yet. And we don't know. <laughs> but we especially don't want you fast-forwarding. Come, on. I mean, if you're an Eagles soccer fan, come on. Like, yeah. like all the sports. Absolutely, yeah. Why wouldn't Let's you? Let's go. 
Alrighty, moving along, I'm just going to go to the next thing down the line that we have here uh, online looking at the website. Cross country in a duel with North Central out in Falcon Heights on Thursday. We're still on September the 1st, both the men and women in action. David, let's start off with the men's squad picking up a huge win on the board, taking down North Central. (laughs) Well, it's funny because usually you don't have like the mano-a-mano in cross country. Usually you're at a meet with like seven, eight different teams. So this was kind of a unique start to the season for both of these uh, clubs, the men's and women's squads. So it was cool to see that. And they did this last year against North Central. And the men picked up the big win, like you said. They did defeat North Central. And their top runner, Colin McDonald, he's off to a really good start. This is a young team for Northwestern um, on, on both sides, the men's side as well. But Colin's a senior, and he's having a really good start to the season. And it was a shorter race against North Central for both the men and the women. So their times, it was like, you know, if you look at the times, you're like, oh my gosh, that might be an NCAA record. Well, it, <laughs> it, it was it wasn't a full it wasn't the full race. It was a shorter race, which I actually kind of like that. I like that both our team and North Central's teams decided to say, hey, we're both opening the season on Saturday at this Crown Invitational. We'll see a bunch of teams. Why don't we get together on Thursday yeah. and almost treat Thursday more like a practice? But kind of put a competition angle to it for sure and you know make it a true quote-unquote meet uh you know a dual race and just make it a little bit shorter so that you're not killing yourself with only one day rest for the saturday meet um, but you're also getting a taste of competition so i think that's a really good setup absolutely i totally agree you cannot simulate finally getting to compete against someone else like you know that as a basketball coach like the saying of i only want to box out the guys in purple for so long i want to get someone (laughs) else in this gym to hit someone else and find a way to compete against somebody else for sure no and and the same thing goes for cross country and then the women were also going on um what day what day thursday Thursday. okay we're still on thursday (laughs) (laughs) you're our you're our calendar guy you're telling me thursday the first Yep. yep so they went against north central as well we will say the the Rams did pull that one out, but it was slightly. I mean, it was it was a close meet. It was close. It was fun to watch. North Central had the overall champion, which really helped them. But what's been really cool for me to see is a couple freshmen. Um, although I guess I shouldn't say that. A couple first years because Emma Fashant is not a freshman. She's a first year. Her and Caroline Ringsmuth, who is a freshman. Sorry, I'm wording this very confusingly. You're, you're I don't know good. why. These two first years are off to a really good start for Northwestern. Caroline Ringsmuth was the top finisher for Northwestern. Emma Fashant, a sophomore, but her first time running for the Eagles this season. Uh, she finished second for Northwestern. So those two are off to a really good start for Northwestern as well as they competed in that duel against North Central. Yeah, and we only expect that to get better as we go on throughout this fall, David. It's something we've talked about in past episodes where, yeah, you have really, really young opportunities across the board if you're Coach Thiessen for both the guys and the gals on the cross-country side. But as long as you're continually changing your best, I know you love it when I say that, then that's all he's expecting. So that's something that we're going to be watching throughout this fall. Every (laughs) single time that we've done an episode with just you and me, you've quoted PJ Fleck. I'm not complaining. Have I? For sure. I don't even need to check the tape. It's that time of year, though. It is, and the Gophers are one and all football. So there you go. absolutely. Alrighty, moving on to also what was in action on Thursdays. i got to get my correct tab up here. Officially, and we hope you enjoyed our conversation last week with Kate Rogers that kind of gave you a look into the start of this 2022 campaign for Northwestern Volleyball. It, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, she or, was, or she was awesome. David, maybe some people, I can next <laughs> to guarantee, are listening to this and they say, 
oh, I missed that I one, or that I didn't one. get to listen to the I whole can't thing. Can't it's, recommend it enough. It's still there. It's well, not going to expire. Awesome. It's just the last episode. Go ahead. Yeah, go listen to it. And little tangent here, we've had UNW football player Damon Clapper and UNW volleyball player Kate Rogers on. The athletes have killed it. Yes. And I know, and I know you and I feel the same about that. Yes. They've, they have absolutely been awesome. So they've as, made us look average, and we appreciate that for sure. And we always look <laughs> average, but, but but they they just accented it because there was something to compare us next to. But we love these episodes where you and I are talking about Northwestern. We love Northwestern athletics, and we love talking about it. So we appreciate you guys listening to these episodes. But go listen to these episodes where we talk to these athletes yeah. because these athletes are incredible and, yep. and they're very well spoken and they really give you a good feel for what Northwestern athletics is all about. So little tangent over there. Absolutely. Off, off the soapbox. No, I appreciate that. Cause I brought it up. So I say all that to say they finally started their 2022 campaign that has been so built up on Thursday, first official matchup. And it was a conference one just down the road at North central dominant victory against the Rams. And here's where I'm going to ask you, David, some of these other ones, we said, we'll wait, and all we'll, we'll wait a little bit longer. Volleyball played the next day, two on Friday, and then they played one on Saturday. Do you want to just do all let's, of volleyball right let's, now? Let's make okay. this the volleyball okay. segment here. And if you thought maybe, oh, there's going to be a little bit of rust, you know, you, you come into the season, you're number 15 in the country. Yeah. Maybe that pressure gets to you right yep, away. Yeah, target on the back, all that. Yep. Yeah, the first set of Northwestern's 2022 season, 25 to 6. Yeah. Pretty clean. So, so I so I don't know if I don't know the pressure or rust. I'm not sure that was really a factor. Oh my goodness, did they come out of the gates hot? And Ryan, I, I was maybe gonna save bringing her up for a little bit later, but I can't wait any longer. Go ahead. How good is Marliani, this freshman? Yeah, you've heard a lot more than I have, but the few th- people that I've talked to surrounding the program have not been able to stop talking about her heading into the season, and good reason for doing so. And and and, and she backed it up. Yeah, this absolutely. weekend, yep. Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, she has been awesome. And you know, she's a freshman; she's been really good. Ari Schmidt came in and, w- and was Player of the Week for Northwestern. Northwestern yeah. volleyball swept the setter, offense, and defensive players of the week. Ari Schmidt was in there. Um, so it's been really fun to see these offensive pieces get off to such a hot start for Northwestern. Yeah, and what's awesome about those two especially, David, is that they're not just, all right, they're just sitting there waiting for their opportunity, whether it's in the middle of the floor or on the outside, to get a good set from Hannah Gadian or Grace Strickfadden and then go to work. No, they're a huge factor defensively. Like Other teams yeah. are looking at them, rolling their eyes and saying, ah, we got to deal with these trees in the front all night long. Like, how are we possibly going to be able to have yeah. any sustained success offensively when the Eagles continually throw this size? And not just the size, but then you have, you know, people like Abby Glanzer, I'm sure we're going to talk about as well, who've got this massive vertical. She's not six plus feet tall like Ari and Mar- uh, Marley are. But she's also making it real tough defensively. So the Eagles, they're so well-rounded. Well, when you can jump 75 inches, you look like you're uh, 6'5 yeah. or 6'5. Exactly, yeah. yeah. She has got ridiculous bounce. Ryan, why don't you go through and tell us what the Eagles did Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. For sure. And then we can kind of start breaking down some of their performances. Why don't you just give a recap of what the 4-0 Eagles have done so far? So, on Or is Thursday- it 3-0? It's 4 You 4-0. got it correct. Go. So on Thursday evening, as we mentioned, at North Central, this is back on Thursday, the first day, one in straight sets, 25-6, 25-23, and 25-14. Marliani leading the way in the kills department. Then Catherine Powell's Legacy Invitational, Kate Rogers talked all about 
what that means and what that event is all about. Again, a quick plug. If you want to go back and listen to that, we uh, <laughs> encourage you to do so. So that began on Friday afternoon. Their first matchup was against St. Norbert College. Eagles also went in in straight sets, 25-14, 25-17, 25 In that contest, leading the way, Abby Glanzer and Ari Schmidt, both with 10 kills. And Marilyn Troyer, of course, leading the way defensively and assisting, helping out for Northwestern, Gadian and Strickfadden, both very involved. I won't keep going into all the numbers for all these necessarily, but then Bethel was the one we hyped up in the last conversation that we had with Kate. That one was a top 20 tilt, David. Yeah, it didn't necessarily appear so the way no, it went down on the court. It didn't. And Bethel in the match previous had to go five sets in their matchup next door and the Eagles won in straight sets, as I mentioned, against St. Norbert. So they didn't have Aslan, but they still had 45, 50 minutes in between before that For matchup. For sure. I mean, may have been a factor. I mean, you never really know yes, that but, stuff. Yes, but it is worth noting teams For do sure. this all the time at the collegiate level where they play yep. two matches in, in one day. So the Eagles took down Bethel 25-16, 25-23, and 25-15. And, yeah, talk about impressive. If we want to just hit pause there, David, what were your thoughts? I mean, the scene is one thing inside of the Erickson Center when yeah. Northwestern meets Bethel and then the way the Eagles play. There is part of me that wonders if it's possible for Northwestern to lose on nights like that, you know, regardless of who's in the gym sure. going against them, just because the Erickson Center does get so loud, so energetic. And, Ryan, like you talked about it, it was a, a two-match night for the Eagles. So they were yep. playing their second game – or, excuse me, second match – and one thing you didn't talk about, it was hot in the gym. There were a lot of people in there. There were <laughs> yeah. multiple games going on. It was hot. It was real hot. It yeah. was hot and muggy outside. It was hot and muggy in the gym. So when you're playing your second game and it's super hot and you're playing a top 20 nationally ranked team and you have the fans behind you giving you that energy, giving you that spark, yeah. that's huge. I mean, you can't talk enough about that. So yeah. And Kate talked about that on our show last week, too, because we haven't plugged that episode enough. <laughs> um, uh, she talked about what that does for them, too. So it, it was fun to see how Northwestern's fans came out and supported the team. But the fans didn't win the game. The players did. Absolutely. I mean, the fans were a huge part of it. Yep. But we got to talk about what the players did. And they turned in an incredible performance. I mean, that was one of the more impressive performances I've seen in recent memory just from this Northwestern volleyball team, and, and there's been a lot of them. Uh, they just they were in control. And, and the way I think, Ryan, what you talked a little bit about, you alluded to, the versatility of these players. I mean, you've got Marliani, a freshman, who can go to the net and get all these kills and all these blocks, and then suddenly she's going back there in a, I don't know, the exact – count of the match but it's like 22 21 freshman who plays up at the net is going back to serve and just casually rattles off a couple great serves maybe yeah. an ace in there i mean and then you got abby glanzer who can play up front and then she comes to the back row and she's coming up with these incredibly athletic digs to keep the defense going i mean the versatility of these players ryan is really really impressive and i would say the depth of this team is incredibly impressive too i mean you could tell bethel was putting a lot of effort into trying to contain Abby Glanzer yep. and Northwestern was okay. I mean, you're going to go guard her and she's incredible. We all know that, but I'm going to go set it to Marliani and Ari Schmidt and Kendra Hardy and Gabby Straub. Yep. And, and those girls the are go on and on. And, yep. and those girls are incredibly talented too. Kiera Brown. I mean, Northwestern just has so many weapons yeah. that, 
you could tell Bethel just did not have an answer on that night. Yeah. If they played again, maybe they would come up with something different. But on that night, there was no answer for what Northwestern was able to bring. Yeah, there, there, there's so many great points that you brought up there, David. The depth and versatility of this club, and you mentioned defensively what they did. I want to just point out a few numbers in the block department. The finger waggle was happening all <laughs> night long inside of the Erickson Center. They weren't actually doing it. They're better well, sports than that. Well, they, maybe they, they, in their own huddle they were just doing it to themselves. They but, yes, they were not it, doing it's, it. It's yes. not like across the net you get the no, finger waggle. No, we did not it's have not the Dikembe cool. happening in, in between yeah. points. That was yeah. not happening. But – 20 blocks overall for Northwestern. You mentioned Kiara Brown. She had eight of them herself. I mean, it is so, so difficult for Bethel to find ways to get it past the Eagles' front line of defense, as I've already mentioned so many times. Bethel had just four. If you want to get an idea of what defensively this matchup looked like, and yeah, the Eagles have the players to put the ball down like you mentioned, but it just had to be demoralizing for Bethel to say, how do we get past them? We yeah. can't even get these points going to the length we want them to because we can't get it past the front line of defense. Yeah, and you're going to talk about defense and you talk about the front line. I really need to shout out. You know, I, I'm I'm cautious to <laughs> dub somebody as my favorite player uh, because I just have so it many. controversial as I mentioned yeah, earlier. Yeah, it, very <laughs> controversial because I just have so many favorites and everybody is so talented out there for all our teams. But but I will say. There are not many players I enjoy watching do their thing more than Marilyn Schroyer. I yeah. mean, just dominant back there. And and the stuff that she saves, and she does it in so many different ways. She will stand in front of a – I guess I don't really know the speed on these. Are these coming like 30, 40, 50 miles per hour? I'm, I'm the wrong guy to ask, We need to get a radar gun on those. Yep. But she'll stand in front of an absolute hammer and dig it out. Yep. Then she'll go finesse and dive and get her finger under one yeah. and keep it alive. Yep. Then she'll go athletic and lunge and keep – I mean, what she does defensively for Northwestern absolutely needs to be talked about yeah. every single time you bring up this team. And she it, is incredible. She is a technician back there. Yes. I just can't talk enough about what she does on the back line. And I will say this, Ryan, closing in on a huge milestone, 12 digs away – from becoming the fourth member in program history of the 2000 Digs Club. Yeah. And she also has a chance this season, yeah. we'll see if it happens, to become the program's all-time Digs leader. Yeah. So we're not just saying, oh, she's great. She backs it up with numbers. I mean, the numbers are there to say she is absolutely incredible as the libero and kind of the leader of that defense for Northwestern. Absolutely, David. And one thing I want to mention alongside of that is, you know, the athleticism's there, like you mentioned, and she obviously has all the skills in the world to do that, but that shows how mentally talented she is, if that sure. phrase makes any sense. Because you have to anticipate all this stuff in volleyball to know what's coming and then execute, and her brain's just got to be firing at 100 miles an hour for 90 minutes in a matchup like this against such a talented club to figure out where do I need to be, when do I need to get there, and I'm going to be there. Mental toughness, and I would say physical toughness to stand in front of some of those balls, too, because yeah. I would be diving out of the way, probably. Yeah, so. well, I yeah, I can barely <laughs> dig like a normal volleyball, so anyway, we we won't go there. But yeah, just just players, too, David, like a Gabby Straub, who we've seen in the past get so, so many opportunities in some matches where she's constantly on the outside hitting left and right. Now she's more in a defensive role. You bring up Abby Glanzer. Now she's on the back line, and she's digging all the time. Yeah. You have players who are top-level outside-hitting options who are just saying, yeah, I'll put up a bunch of defensive numbers for you, and I'm going to get digs left and right against the top 20 club. For sure. And the versatility and 
the willingness to accept all these roles to me yeah. is really, really impressive. And Kate, again, let's talk about that conversation one more time. She alluded to that a little bit too. Yes. Why don't you move us on to Saturday and tell us what Northwestern Volleyball did that day? Because that was, in my opinion, the most compelling of their four matches so far. Yeah, and I'll mention the scores, but then I'm going to turn it right back to you because simultaneous at the same time, I was actually outside in the press box watching UNW women's soccer, so I so didn't was, see this one with my own so, two eyes. So was I. Oh, you were. I That's was correct. having soccer that day. Okay, too. I thought you were maybe yeah. running back and forth a little bit. So I mean, I was right next to you, so now I'm definitely my feelings are hurt. Sure. Well, well, I I know you were running all over the place. So we I didn't did know where in, you were exactly. in the press box. We did have the volleyball game going. That's one of my favorite things around here. When we're working a game, we will typically try to get the broadcast from these other Northwestern events up too, or to to try to keep our eye on as you should going on. as you should. I would have, but then I wouldn't have been doing my actual yeah. dab. I should calling us a, a soccer as game. As the play-by-play so. play guy, you probably don't have that uh, luxury. So, so anyway, uh, as we were saying, UNW against Wisconsin Stevens Point, who going into the week was not ranked, receiving, but in the latest receiving votes though. In the latest in. rankings, they are now in the poll. They're in the yep. top twenty-five at number twenty-four. Your Eagles have moved up to number twelve. A little more on that a little <laughs> later. So keep listening. So Northwestern won 25-21, 24, excuse me, 26-24 rather, and 25-23. Those are razor-thin margins, Mr. Peterson. Yes, this was a straight sets win, but it was anything but easy for Northwestern. It reminds me last year the Eagles opened up the season against a different YX school, University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, who ended up going on to win the national championship. And Eau Claire beat Northwestern 3-0 in that match, but every single – set was 25-23, 25-23. I think the last one was like 30-28. And everyone was, you know, you kind of look at the score, you're like, oh, 3-0. Uh, you need to go a little deeper because this was super, super close. And I would say the same thing about this. Northwestern beat Stevens Point 3-0, but they were a really, really good team. Or yep. I should say they are a really, really good team, and that's why they're nationally ranked as well. They had knocked off Bethel the night before. They're really solid, and Northwestern, every single one of those sets was close. It was the last game of the weekend, so both teams were you know, maybe a little beaten up, maybe a little tired, Yep. Um, and I think you saw that a little bit. I think you had to see a, a few players really gutted out at the end of that, um, but it was fun. It was a fun game to follow along. Again, we were both out at women's soccer, but fun game to watch and follow along with because it just was so back and forth, and Northwestern in one of those sets really had to come from behind. Um, they were down six or seven points. I believe it was the last set. I don't want to mess that up, but I believe it was the last set. They were down six or seven points, and they had to come back to win. You're right. They were down 13-7 to seven in the third set. That's correct. Yeah, and they, they came back and won it. So Steve, give Stevens Point a lot of credit. It was a really good game. Not your normal 3-0. I mean, a game that was really, really close. Yeah, and you know, potentially could that be a matchup we see down the line? Who knows? Maybe in the NC2As down the road. I know no one on the team is saying we're not worried about that yet. I'm going to continue to dream about November. I say that all the time. I'll say you, it again right now. You got to enjoy the ride. I enjoy am. Enjoy the hey, ride. Hey, Don't be thinking about give, November. Can I give you another PJism? The dream is in the process. You've heard of that one. Okay? Yeah, I've heard of that, but I don't know how that applies right now. Well, this is the process. Yeah, so this is enjoy. the process. So don't be don't be sitting there watching an awesome Northwestern volleyball game thinking, man, I wish it was the national tournament. That is just not what I it. that is not what I said. I did not say I wish it's the national tournament. I just say when they play these high level opponents, maybe they could see them later. That's all I'm saying. Because they're good enough to be in the tournament. That's all I'm saying. You. I got you. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you on that for sure. And yeah, just really good uh impressive performance from Northwestern beating a bunch of really good teams this weekend. 
Anything else you want to add on them before we switch it up to a, a different sport? No, let's let's move on. They will come up later. I'll just leave it there. Good to know. So, moving on. Saturday, the 3rd. The weekend continued to roll along as if there wasn't enough action that already took place. Let's circle back to soccer, okay? We mentioned earlier that Northwestern Women's opened up the season at Bethel on Thursday the 1st. They played home opener on Saturday the 3rd against a really good UW Platteville squad. They lost three to nothing, but similar to the matchup against Bethel, David, I mean that did not tell the whole story. The Eagles actually outshot Platteville fifteen to twelve. They had five shots on goal to Platteville's eight, and they really had a couple opportunities where they couldn't cash in. In the story of this game, honestly, if the Eagles can clear a couple of bouncing balls in their own box that they just could not find a way to get a foot on, then this game would have been totally different. For sure, and I alluded to this earlier. Northwestern played a really good team in Platteville, and they outshot them. Second half, they outshot them 11-7. to They outshot them 15-12 to for the game. So I was impressed with the way Northwestern played. This was 3-0, but it was not the type of 3-0 where the field was tilted and, like, Platteville always had the ball. Yep. I, I would say, I mean, we don't have, like, possession percentage i mean we're not espn doing the world cup here so we don't have that but i would say and you were there too so why don't you correct me if you think i'm wrong or you disagree Mm -hmm. with this possession felt pretty even to me maybe 50 50 maybe like 55 45 to play but pretty darn close yep both teams had the ball in this game and, and the field was not tilted in platteville's direction so i was impressed with the way northwestern played the way they held the ball the way they got shots you know and then again you said it ryan just had to clear a few balls away and yep. just some unlucky bounces, which soccer can be a cruel game um, in that way at times. Um, there were a few where, you know, the first goal kind of came where Northwestern had it defended and the ball just kind of squirted through back behind their defense and, and Platteville was there to kind of knock it in. So yep. unlucky in that way. But I left this game, Ryan, feeling really impressed with the way the Eagles played. Yeah, especially once more. I mean, Haley Merzberger, the freshman, had a lot of opportunities where it's like, you got to make something happen. And I will, you know, tip the cap, especially for what Platteville did to Megan Moeller. I mean, they put the clamps on her throughout the day and gave her next to no breathing room. They knew coming in, they had 29 circled, starred, underlined on their for scouting sure. report and said, do not let her breathe. They they had two or three players around her all the time. Yep. So again, that that's gotta be frustrating as a soccer player, but you have to kind of understand, Hey, they're doing this to me and that's going to open up opportunities, which is why Maya Chan had four shots and Haley Merzberger had two shots and, uh, uh, Brella, uh, Brella Babcock got up a shot. So that's why for Northwestern, Trey Modaf got one up. That's why, you know, Megan Moeller, she has two or three people on her. You can look at that as a negative, like, oh, our best goal scorer is not able to get a lot of shots, which, yeah, you're going to try to be creative and how can we clear her up and, and free her up and get her open. But you can also say, hey, we got a bunch of other really good players. Yep. Let's go get them a bunch of shots because they're putting so much effort and and time and energy into stopping her. So I, I, I like the way Northwestern played. I thought they played a really solid game. And then, again, I thought Reagan Flashberger was good in net again. I totally agree. There's bright signs for her for the future, absolutely. And on basically all three of those goals, the two of them, they could not clear, and it's kind of on her defense more, I would say, that they didn't get the ball out. And then the first one was a great goal scorer's goal by Lodico on the near side where she tucked it inside of the far post, and Reagan could say, ah, maybe I wish I was placed it a little differently. But you don't put any of this whatsoever on Flashburger. No, not at all. And I would say, last thing I'd say about this, this is super random, 
But Platteville was like super nice. I, I Good. really that's great to hear. This is you probably don't care about this, but their coaches were like super kind, and they are the biggest Reynolds Field fans. Yeah. of all time, they talked to me probably four or five times. They just would come up to me and be like, "This is the nicest field. I love this complex." So very, very complimentary of Reynolds Field and the complex as a whole. Which is fun to have non-conference teams in here because the conference teams kind of they come all the time, so they get used to it. You get these non-conference teams in here, I think they really appreciate how nice the outdoor facilities are out there. Absolutely, and it's worth noting, David, because that does not happen in every case, especially with some of these non-conference teams Northwestern plays where the opposing squad is that appreciative. So you take notice, sure. oh, like exactly. you're saying, when that happens. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not just – it's stuck out, yeah. and that's why it comes yep. up, and, and that's why you, know, you appreciate it so much because that does not always happen. And to go on another little tangent, how about that day on Saturday, Ryan? I mean – could you have asked for better no. weather for a for a soccer into a night football game? Gorgeous. I mean, it got absolutely. It, it was just amazing out there. It was a beautiful, perfect. Barely weather. a cloud in the sky, low seventies. You know, you and I, I could take a ten degrees colder and too. a little breeze I, out I of the too, north. But <laughs> but early September, you yes. know, we'll take that for yes. sure. Absolutely. All right. So let's let's move to that event, David. That was not the only thing to take place on the Reynolds Field turf on Saturday. They re-racked it. They got them off the field. They got all the things that you got to set up for the football contest, and then eventually it turned to 7 p.m. in the matchup. So many have been waiting for the season over UMAC v. Mayak. Where do you want to start? Northwestern versus Augsburg. Our Eagles Damn. fell 23-15, but a very, very compelling few hours. Well, I want to start with two things here. First of all, I was so impressed with the way Northwestern's football team played. I, I – the thing that really stood out to me, and as the football game manager, I stand on the sideline and you know really have an up-close look at it. You're up in the booth calling it, so you've got a really good vantage point as well. I don't know if it felt like this to you up in the booth, but on the field, Northwestern played with an intensity and with a competitiveness that really stuck out to me. Yep. I, I, the best compliment I can give a team is, man, that team really competed. Yep. To me, I'm just I'm an old school coach that way, and I think, man, you know, different things are going to happen. You're going to win, you're going to lose. But if I can say you really competed, that's like the best compliment I can give somebody. And that team competed. Some of the hits and the celebrations, like when their teammates made plays, how happy they were for each other, yep. how fired up they got in big spots, the way they fell down 23 to seven after a interception return for a touchdown, and the way they came back and handled that, and and responded and got back uh, or I'm probably wrong with the score it 20 to 20 to 7 probably when that pick six happened but um the way they responded to that I was so so impressed with because you kind of that was kind of a moment like okay interception return for a touchdown it was seven to seven now quickly it's 20 to seven and Northwestern responded to that and did not give up and came down and scored and then their defense got a couple big stops and they had a chance to go down and score at the end of that game too so just the competitiveness was really, really important to me um, and really, really impressive to me, I should say. And then the other thing we got to start with is Bo Burke. I mean, how can you how can you ignore that? I mean, 222 yards, school record, most receiving yards ever in a game by a Northwestern Eagle, D3 football team of the week, UMAC player of the week, NCAA player of the week. I mean, just absolutely incredible what he did. And then let's give a little love to the guy throwing him the football, too, because Nick Drinkin put a couple balls on the money for him, specifically that 84-yard touchdown. 
that throw couldn't have been much better. So those are just a couple things, Ryan. You can kind of run with that, but a couple things that really stuck out to me in that Saturday game. No, I don't have a whole lot to add. I mean, my number one takeaway was what you mentioned is how they responded to adversity and understanding in the past they've faced some really, really good competition in the non-conference, and it's the same this year. It's another really tough slate. But last year, in every non-conference game, there was some jump early and there was some back-and-forth turnovers, but eventually in the second half, the script totally flipped. Yep. And the opposition scored at least 50 in every game last season in the non-conference portion. We got to mention the defense keeping the offense in the game in the second half. They when the offense awesome. was having some trouble, you mentioned – a couple of the turnovers that Nick had in that second half. He had a fantastic game. I mean, going over 300 yards is something that we don't see hardly ever at Northwestern. And you no. don't see it a lot in any D3 Even football, to put football. it that way. Yeah, you don't. You, this isn't the NFL. You're not throwing no. for over 300 yards a whole ton. So when it happens, Absolutely. it's really impressive. Ryan, go back to the defense. Augsburg, they were insanely aggressive on both sides of the ball. I'm yep. not sure I've seen a team – be that aggressive on offense. They were going for every fourth down early in the game, yeah. early in the game, late in the game, middle of the game, fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and seven, fourth. It didn't matter. You got Yeah. And you got it going for it every time. And Northwestern's yeah. defense more times than not held up and got them off the field and got their offense back on the field with pretty good field position a handful of times too. So I was really impressed with that. Yes, those money downs, the Eagles definitely came up huge, keeping the offense in the game, like you mentioned. And, you know, they were very balanced, so it was tough to know on those big plays, what are they going to do? Are they going to give it to their tailback Thompson again? Is Sheehan, the quarterback, going to move with it? Could Because he, he could scoot as well. They got an All-American wide receiver on the outside, and Northwestern's defense kept him in the game. And you mentioned, you know, Nick made some great plays in the pocket, including that deep shot to Bo Burke that you mentioned on the 84-yard touchdown where the place erupts. They get the two-point conversion. No, wait, there's a flag. Oh, my gosh. They go for it again, and then they get it. How about that play by Mike Bostrom? He's probably hit at what? The two-and-a-half, three-yard line? Yep. Bully balls his guy and reaches that ball across the goal line to make it a one-score game. But some of the more impressive plays all night is what Drinking did when the play totally broke down. Yep, Out and- of the pocket, running for his life finding a way to still make a play. For sure. And going back to Augsburg's aggressiveness, it wasn't limited to offense. Yep. It felt like standing on that field, they blitzed like every single – Especially the it fourth was, quarter. It yeah. was like me when I was 10 years old playing Madden, just hitting engage eight every time. <laughs> like we're just going to keep blitzing and blitzing and blitzing. If That's what it felt like, especially yep. like you said. When it got to crunch time, you can tell that's kind of what they're comfortable with. And you can tell what's a team comfortable with, what do they go to on third down – what do they go to in the fourth quarter when it gets big? And and Augsburg clearly is comfortable with sending a lot of pressure. And I thought Northwestern's offensive line, along with their backs, having to pick up some blitzers, did a nice job. They battled. And then Nick Nick's pretty special when it comes to just running around and making plays. I mean, he is a gunslinger, um, you know, loves to improvise, and, and he's pretty special when it comes to just – the play breaks down and having to create something out of nothing, and he yep. did a nice job with it. It was fun to watch. And I will say Northwestern's skill positions are absolutely going to be on par with pretty much everybody they play this year. And they have yeah. a really tough schedule. They play a nationally ranked team this year in UW-River Falls in a couple weeks. But Northwestern's skill positions, that's how highly I think of them. You look at Damon Clapper, Bo Burke, Mike Bostrom, and then the uh, freshman Bryson James, Bryson James, those guys, 
those guys can play with any team Northwestern will play with this year. Yep. I, I truly believe that. Yep. Um, Staying out of the backfield. I mean, the yep. Eagles had some difficulties against how great their defensive line was, but some of those plays that break down, that's the beauty of Jeremiah State, and he's a great pass-catching back, where that was the option for Nick sometimes. Just pitch it to him and let him go for 8, 10 yards. Yeah, I think if you're a Northwestern fan, you – absolutely are going to want to circle when this football team plays because again are they going to win every week i don't know i mean maybe we'll maybe not <laughs> but are they going to be exciting to watch every week yep 100 percent. and battle till triple zeros like battle, we saw saturday yeah, battle and compete and and that's what you want as a as a fan of a team so i'm really excited to watch what this team does going forward because just the skill position talent the the competitiveness their defense um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I was really impressed with what they did. Um, and that was just a fun game. I, yeah. I, I great know atmosphere. Northwestern yep. didn't come out on the right end of it. Augsburg won by eight, but that just like standing on the field, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like fun. This is just a really, really fun yeah. competitive game under the lights. Like you said, so, and, and they awesome could hardly, they start. could hardly wait to get started. Did, did you, <laughs> did you pick up on what I did too? Where I'm like, wait a second, looking at my watch, they started early. We've said seven o'clock to everyone. Cole Uplegger put that ball in the air at six fifty-eight. I love it. I had to apologize to people on the broadcast and say, "Hey, if you're playing it on tuning in at seven p.m., sorry, you've already missed like three plays." Well, I hope they accepted your apology, but that that goes to show you better have UNW Eagles turned on for the pregame show. You, you better yeah, not just absolutely. come on for kickoff. You yep. better you better be on there at least five ten minutes early. So. No, that, that was a fun game, Ryan, and it was really, really enjoyable to watch. They will come up again in a little bit. I'll just put it that way. So we'll, we'll circle back to them in a moment Okay, how much as, do we, we have wrap left this because thing. you have referenced every we, single team is going to come up later. Well, the, some, of them, <laughs> some of them are. So the only, the only other thing, did you have anything else to mention? The last one we have to hit on is Labor Day night. Men's yep. soccer falling to a really, really <laughs> talented Warburg team. Really five good Warburg team. And Northwestern, again, they battled men's soccer. They yep. played Warburg really hard, but – that Warburg team was special. The it things that it they legit could have been eight or nine to nothing. And that is to give huge kudos to Northwestern's defense For and sure. also goaltending. For sure. No, they kept they kept a lot of balls out of the net too. So yeah, I was really impressed with Warburg, but I thought Northwestern played really hard. Had a couple chances. JT Olsen got in behind the defense a couple times, had a couple decent looks, but um yeah, that was a really, really good team. I would not imagine Northwestern's gonna play any team's better than that. Maybe some yep. teams like on the same level, but no team probably much better than that. And I thought really, really highly of Warburg and what they looked like. But again, I just give these Northwestern coaches and players credit. They are loading up this non-conference schedule. Every yeah. single team has a really hard non-conference schedule, which I really like and respect. Yeah, especially all the new guys thrown right into the fire for Northwestern, undoubtedly, to start this season. All right, one final exercise, David, before we close this thing out. Physical exercise? Uh, do you want to do a physical exercise? I mean, no. we can improvise. No, I do not. <laughs> not okay, you know all. it's not a physical exercise. Uh, I gotta, I gotta quit saying exercise because, because that's always where our, where our heads go. But we are going to play. You are actually going to play. I've came up with these questions. A little buy or sell. I have just three of them for you. I've said multiple times we'll circle back to this, we'll circle back to that. Well, I'm not a very frugal person. I spend money <laughs> left and right, so I'm probably just going to be buying up everything I see. So we'll, okay. let's see what happens We'll here. We'll see if that's true. But, folks, uh, listening to this, if you don't know how it works, I think you'll figure it out. I'm going to mention something to David, and he's going to buy or sell on it. If he's buying on it, he thinks it's going to come true. And some of these aren't going to. we're not going to know until the future or later on this season or for one of them, even not till the end of the year. So progressively, 
progressively, excuse me, they're going to get a little harder in a sense that I think that you may have to think about them a little bit longer as we go from one to two to three. Do you have any questions for me before I put you on the hot seat? When do we start? Right now. Let's okay, go. here we go. So, <laughs> Mr. Peterson, are you buying or selling on the thought that UNW football will hit 300 passing yards two more times this season? They've already done it once. It doesn't happen a whole lot, so but we two, mentioned so it happened Saturday two night. Two more, not two, two more. That's Correct. A, that's a buy. I'm You're buying. buying. Oh, I'm okay. Buying oh, okay. I just I look at I look at Nick Drinking. That kid loves to throw the ball. I look at Damon Clapper, Bryson James, Bo Burke, Mike Bostrom. You throw into running backs, you know, Jeremiah Staten, other guys out of the backfield. I, I just I don't see and knowing what this coach staff wants to do, they want to be aggressive. They don't want to sit back and let teams lose games. They want to go win games. They yeah. they they want to go beat teams. They're going to sling this ball around. And and again, I just said, if you're a Northwestern fan, circle when these games are because you're not going to want to miss them. They're going to be really exciting, high scoring, high firepower from this offense. I'm buying that. I think Nick Drinkin and the boys will get up over 300 yards a couple more times. You heard it from Mr. Peterson. There are more deep shots and big gainers ahead this fall from Reynolds Field and on the road. So yes. I think that's a pretty good sell. If you like that kind of football, and I think everyone does, get on out. And hopefully continuing this Saturday as the Eagles take on the Concordia University Falcons out of Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. On there's, the road. There's links if you want to follow along, unweagles.com, and uh, we'll be watching alongside you from uh, wherever you choose to do so this weekend. Okay, so he's buying on number one. We'll see if he's buying all the way through, okay? This one, I'll admit, David, this is kind of complicated, okay? I had oh, a difficulty. Boy. I'm not going to understand this. I had some difficulty trying to figure out how to phrase this one, but here it goes, okay? So Northwestern Volleyball, who's now ranked number 12 in the nation, are you buying or selling that they will still be in the top 20 in the country and be ranked no lower than number 20 in the land after they finish – through the 17th, so in the next two weeks. And so, here's the deal. They next play They next play on Saturday where they're going to play. the question I've ever heard. And I'll rephrase it. I'll, I'll re-say it here in a second. They play Grinnell and Hamlin on Saturday. Then it really heats up, okay? This coming Tuesday, hosting Gustavus. They're 16 in the land right now. And then on Saturday the 17th, I mentioned that one as well. They're going to see... Calvin on Friday the 16th, who's number three in the country. Then they're going to see Hope College on Saturday the 17th. They're number six in the country. So you're saying, you're asking me, will Northwestern be in the top 20 after all those ranked games? Because I'm not going to say, are they going to win all of them? Because that would be like, they could do it. I'm not saying they can't do it, but that's like a gauntlet. Yeah, that'd be incredible. And here's the deal. If folks are listening and saying, well, of course, they may drop a little bit if they lose. Here's the deal. If you play teams who are ranked higher than you, you don't just go off the cliff. I mean, you still stay yeah. relevant. Well, that's, yeah, you're you're answering my question for me. I'm buying that because, okay. again, I, I don't want to buy everything, but that's the way we're going so far. <laughs> it's okay. The, I'm buying that because if you lose to number three, number six, you, you're not going to drop that much. They're at number 12 right now. I just don't see them in a couple weeks being outside the top 20. And and, and I'm going to be honest with you, I think Northwestern is going to win some of those games. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I'm i picking Northwestern in a few of those games. And I, I just, to answer your question, no. They will not be outside of the top 20 um, by the time 
that gauntlet comes to an end. And, and again, winning all of them is going to be really, really hard. Winning one of them is going to be really, really hard. But this team's so talented, so yep. deep, so experienced that I think they're going to be able to get through that and still be in the top 20. At least one of them is in the friendly confines just across the way at the Erickson Center against Gustavus. The other two are going to be on the road in a few weekends. That'll so be packed. That'll be packed and loud. We're going to know a lot, lot more and find out a lot about what this team is all about once we get to after that 17th. I'm looking forward to seeing all these results. And it doesn't stop there. I mean, we've talked about it earlier. They're non-conference slate. you got Whitewater, who's top 10 right now. you got Eau Claire, who's top 10. You're going to see you got... Um, St. Olaf, who's just outside of the rankings, could be back in. We still have to play, and I'll just stop there. But the, the non-conference slate is absolutely ridiculous this for year sure. for Northwestern Volleyball. So something to watch the next few weeks. Final one, folks, is he going to go three for three? Is he going to buy on all of these, or can I finally get him to sell and not be so aggressive with his portfolio? Okay. So finally, Mr. Peterson, will Northwestern men's and women's soccer players who are underclassmen – outscore this season the upperclassmen. So all underclassmen for men's and women's soccer versus the upperclassmen for men's and women's soccer. If you buy, you believe in the youngsters. If you're selling, you believe in the experience. Well, you're making me the bad guy here because half, half of these teams is going to hate me, half of the teams is going to well, love me. It, so. I told you they had to get harder. This yeah, is what you have to think more. This one is a little harder. I, I don't I'm gonna make an uneducated guess here because I to really be smart about this, I would need to look at who's all upper class and, who's and all I, upper class. I wanna help you out. I wanna inform your decision, okay? okay? So if we wanna go back to last season, if that would be helpful for you and we start on the woman's side of things, obviously we know David, okay, who led the way for Northwestern last year? And she's back. On the woman's side. Goals. Is this a trivia Help me question? out here. Oh, Megan Muller. Yes. Yeah, okay. I thought you were going to read it. I didn't know this was like a fill-in-the-blank situation. Sorry. So, so she led the way, but from there, Emily Curry was next in goals. Gone. Next, Megan Court, returning. Next, RJ Mullen. Gone. Next, Maya Ellenberg. Gone. Next, Kaylin Strike. Now, Kaylin Dahl. Back. And then from there, there's there's a couple players with am one I goal. Doing and, this, am I doing this combining the men and women? Combining. Okay. So now do you want to, me to help you out with the men? I have no? my answer. What's I'm your, ready. Okay. Are, I, you, are you buying? Do you believe in the youngsters? Or do you well, sell and believe in the veterans? <laughs> well, I believe in everybody. Okay. So let's not phrase okay. it like that. I believe in everybody. I am selling. I'm selling. Okay. Because I respect, I just believe you got to give the respect. You respect to your elders. Well, they're not my elders. I mean, I'm older than them. But they, I, re, I just, I want to give some love to the upperclassmen. They've been around. They're experienced. Um, I'm just, I'm rolling with the upperclassmen. You know, they got some big name goal scorers: Megan Moeller, J.T. Olson, Alejandro Alfaro, Megan Court. Alfaro's a sophomore, so he would be on your team if you were buying this. Wait, so we're oh, you're doing freshmen and sophomores? Yes, yes. Underclassmen, let's split it in half. Freshmen and sophomore versus junior okay. and because the guys, okay. it's interesting, David. I'll still I'll you got still JT sell back it, as a junior, but otherwise, like it's it's going to be mostly underclassmen. So that makes that whole sophomore class of yeah. Aaron, Aaron Hill, all far, yeah. All those okay, now but I'm if you're, if you're... I'm going to stick with my pick <laughs> because I'm stubborn and I don't like okay. to admit I'm wrong. Okay, but that does make me question myself a little bit. I honestly, on this one, this is something I think is going to be razor thin close. I would buy it on the underclassmen. Because then on the woman's side, I think Merceberger is going to put up a number. I, I think, think so. Maya Chan moving to a midfielder position is going to put up a number. 
I think some other talented players for Coach Pettit's squad could put up a number. And then on the guy's side, like you're hoping JT goes wild this year <laughs> and puts up a big number He's in the going, goals department. Yeah, I'm starting to wish that I had bought it, but you know, I'm going to sell it and see what I it's make okay. from it. You know, it's we're okay. going to see. We're going to see. That's good. You didn't, can't win them all. You probably just said I can't buy everything. Exactly. So you said I have to exactly. sell. Exactly. There's okay. one I had to sell, and I'm selling. All righty. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it wasn't too confusing. A good brain exercise. Just a little, just a little confusing. Yeah, that's what I said. I know it was a little confusing. So that's all I got. Anything else you have? No, that was fun. That was fun. And it's just awesome to have all these teams playing again and, and stuff to review. And, and Ryan, looking at the schedule, there's a lot more else coming up. Big football games, big volleyball games, soccer, yeah. cross country, golf is back in action. Yeah. Um, you know, when this episode gets released, you know, Wednesday, what day is tomorrow? September 8th. Golf, Thursday the golf, 8th. That, excuse that would me, be. Thursday, September 8th. They are playing in a big uh, UMAC preview. So yep. golf's back in action finally. Soccer, cross country, football's on the road for the first time. Volleyball's about to enter this gauntlet you talked about. So exciting times. Absolutely. Let's go. We'll have a lot more episodes like this where we talk about things going on. We're also going to keep trying to bring in really exciting guests for everybody too. And a PSA, if you listen this long and you're still listening, thank you, first off. And I appreciate you. Second of all, we're still waiting for an email if anyone wants to send anything. Nobody's emailed us. We get all these other ways people reach out to us, and we do appreciate those of you who chatted to David and I this weekend yeah, so and said, like, hey, we, we really enjoy listening to the pod when we're driving. Like, we do appreciate that. Like, talk to us in person if you exactly. see us. But if you're listening right now and you know how to use email, which I'm sure you do, write this down, UNW. <laughs> FlyingPod at gmail.com. That's all one word, U-N-W-F-L-Y-I-N-G-P-O-D at gmail.com. I've had zero people email us, and I've had zero people ask for my autograph. So we'll dis- change dis- one of those soon. So disappointing on both fronts. Yes. Come on now. We will fix that soon, I am sure. We are looking forward to keeping up with all the Eagle athletics as we press on throughout this week and in the coming weeks. Any final words? We good to finally sign off? Okay, We're you're good. just giving me the blank stare. Well, I was okay. trying to think of something clever, but nope. I got nothing. Nope, Everybody have a great day. <laughs> Keep flying with the Eagles. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Let's fly. Catch you next time on UNW Athletics. You are in the air with DP and Ryan.